What's the most important factor for the Cincinnati Bengals to build on their 2022 season? What's going on with Chris Evans? How much better can the running game be? We dive into your questions in today's mailbag. You are locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network on Lockdown Bengals, and you can subscribe to the show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts, and that'll make it really easy for you to join the First Listen Club and the Everydayer Club. We really appreciate all of you who make sure you don't miss an episode of Lockdown Bengals by listening every day and by making us your first listen today james we're going to dive into a vintage locked on bengals mailbag we've got a few questions in today as we're in the off season some different topics to cover here and we'll get to those we've also got just so everyone knows what to look forward to next week especially for you everydayers we've got a two-part interview with brian callahan that we're going to get ready and drop early next week so keep your eyes out for that one but James, today, first and foremost, we've got a mailbag to get to. We do. Excited for a mailbag. Let's start with at Tasha B808. Of these three factors, what's going to be the most instrumental in having an incredible 2023 season? The continuity on the coaching staff, the improved offensive line, or more depth at the only position that truly matters, wide receiver and cornerback? Which of those positions truly matters? Wide receiver. Come on now. Just, only the most now. important position in sports. Right. <laughs> uh, what, what makes this question interesting, one of the reasons I like this question, is because it doesn't include the obvious things necessarily. Some of them are, are obvious things, I guess. Like the offensive line, the, the coaching staff, those are some big themes that we've talked about, the continuity on the coaching staff. we talked about these things throughout the offseason, but it's not like Joe Burrow finding Jamar Chase for – 10 more vertical passes this year, which could be a, a key factor in them having a successful season, unlocking Jamar Chase vertically again. That, that could be a big deal, right? But I, I like these the, the subset of factors that, that Tasha B808 on Twitter has given us to choose from here, James, because they're actually, I think, relatively close, except for the depth one. I don't think the depth, while it's important, I don't think it's going to be as important as the offensive line holding up a little bit better in pass protection, as the offensive line getting these running backs to the line of scrimmage before contact a little bit more consistently. And I think most importantly out of these factors, although maybe it is offensive line, could be the fact that the coaches and the system has been in place for so long. This is something you're going to hear Brian Callahan talk about when we talk with him uh, early next week. The, the way that they can approach the offseason with this system in place with so many players so experienced in the system, I think is a really big deal that maybe is a little bit underrated. Yeah, I, I think it's a big deal. I don't think it's as important as keeping nine upright because nine is is the guy. He's more important than any of them. And I was joking about the wide receivers, obviously, but Brian Callahan, let's say he went to Indy. That's fine. You still have Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor. 
Lou Anarumo, if he left, I think people would have panicked a little bit more with the transition and turnover on defense. So I'm not downplaying the the fact that you do have continuity for a fifth year. And I think it is a huge edge and adds to the urgency Joe Burrow talked about at, at the during minicamp at the end of the offseason program. So that's a huge factor. But there's nothing more important than keeping Joe Burrow upright. The Bengals want to throw it 50,000 times this year, not 48,000, 50,000. And they're going to throw it. They're a passing team. And so how do you do that? You try to keep your quarterback upright. And I, I think that's the first one. And Jonah Williams hopefully being cleared maybe by now. I mean, it, it seemed like he was really close. And, and, you know, he probably left and all of those things. But it's not like he was limited. I think he could have done everything that Jackson Carmen was doing, for example, or Orlando Brown Jr. that they were doing physically it's just a matter of getting cleared so when does he get cleared certainly i expect it to happen but right before training camp or when he reports for training camp could happen sooner not necessarily with Bengals doctors but just in general what with his doctors and dr neil elatrash the guy who did joe burrow surgery also did jonah williams's so we'll see there but i think offensive line would be one coaching continuity two and i do think it's important and then three you're right depth it does matter and it does get tested. There's no doubt about it. And, and the, it's really offensive line depth as much as anything, because to yep. me, they're too deep at tackle. And I know he, uh, Tasha mentioned wide receiver, cornerback, and there's depth there. But cornerback could get thin in a hurry now if Cheeto isn't available to start the year. And it could feel much, much different if Cheeto isn't available and DJ Turner isn't necessarily ready for that role. And I'm not saying either of those things are true. But you could see the path to, to it getting thinner there. Offensive line-wise, if they keep everyone in that room, you, you feel good about it. So th- that's the one that leads the way for me. And, and I'm not downplaying Charlie Jones or Andre Yosevash, but you just hope that that big three can stay healthy when your season is on the line. They're going to get nicked up, no doubt. They, they're just on the field so much. But when the season is on the line, if you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, that's the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, when you think about where they were hurt by their depth issues last year, where they got tested with injury last year, what hurt them most was obviously the offensive line stuff because they lost three starters. And they were playing a fourth-round rookie at left guard who maybe hit a rookie wall late in the year, was up and down, and not downplaying downplaying Cordell Volson. You hate Cordell. Just say it. People think that. I I really don't. I really don't. Your True. shirt says, I hate Cordell Volson and anybody that goes to North Dakota State. That shirt has no words on it. Um, it's for not what for I those see. of you who are not watching on YouTube. But what what hurt them was when they, when they lost those offensive linemen. So having more depth there so that if you lose a couple guys, you're not really scrapping. And another thing is the guys that they have again more experience in the system doesn't necessarily mean they'll be better but maybe they can play a little bit faster having been in the system for a full year for for some of them or or for a couple years for some of the others and then losing tyler boyd in that afc championship game that really made a a huge impact on the game so if if i was ranking where depth matters it's offensive line then wide receiver then corner i think because they were able to survive at times in the regular season without a wide receiver here or there, all the guys missed a little bit of time throughout the regular season. They were able to overcome some of that. But in the playoffs when they needed it, and, and it was really situational and it was matchup kind of football against the Chiefs there in the AFC Championship game, losing Tyler Boyd really did hurt. And then the last point, 
Um, I think, yeah, keeping Joe Burrow upright, 100% agree with you that that is one of the biggest factors for this team's success and improving the offensive line, improving pass protection opens the door. We've talked about this for a couple of years now. We haven't seen it come to fruition yet. Opens the door to some longer developing stuff, some different kinds of plays if they want to do them. And we'll see if that happens this year or not. But I would just say that without having to make any changes, any widespread changes because they've brought in a different coordinator, they've brought in a different position coach here or there, they have different terminology or the coach has to learn different terminology, that does kind of speed up the process for all these things and can help and can contribute to the offensive line being cohesive, understanding what techniques are going to be playing and where they're going to be playing them and understanding those, to, to use a Brian Callahan word again here, details that are going to be really important to improving on the field as well. So I think those things do go hand in hand. Giving Brian Callahan credit for the word details. Man, he loves oh that man. word. Man, oh man. I just... It's not uh, his word, obviously. He I, loves I that know, word. He uses know. it a lot. I, I'm giving you a hard time. Wide receiver is the most important position, but we're going to switch gears and talk about the running game, the ground game, because you have questions about it, including where in the world is Captain America. We will dive into those questions and more coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, they make you look good. And we all want to look good. We want to feel good. And certainly in the summer, you want to stay cool. You want to stay dry. You want to stay comfortable. And that's where Bird Dog shorts come into play. They're the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. I have three different pair of Bird Dog shorts, and they're my favorite shorts. And I'm not just saying that because they paid for the sponsored segment. I'm not. They are my favorite shorts and they're worth checking out right now. Whether it's their sweat wicking fabric or the fact that it's anti-stick, they keep you cool, they keep you dry. And like I said, you look good wearing them. And even if you're someone who skips leg day, it'll be all right in those bird dog shorts because they're going to make your legs look good. So check out birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And not only can you get a hold of some of their joggers or their shorts, like I mentioned, but you're also going to get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take it anywhere else, or you won't want to take those bird dogs off. You'll wear them all the time. Jake is going to be wearing them in training camp as am I. So check them out. Birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. James, we've got some questions about various running game related topics here today. And we'll start with Jared at Jared with a Y one zero two eight on Twitter in a world where Jonah Williams is tearing it up at right tackle and Cordell Volson levels up at left guard, which I obviously <laughs> think will happen. Obviously. Yeah. And the Bengals avoid major injuries to the rest of the offensive line. Do you think the ground game can make a bigger contribution to offensive production this year? Uh, Define bigger contribution, because I, I was the one who just said five minutes ago that they're going to throw it 50,000 times. But can they be even more efficient on the ground? Can they be better in short yardage situations? Can uh, the, the combination of size with Orlando Brown Jr. and Cordell Volson open things up on that left side that they didn't really have? And, and can the, the combo of Jonah, a healthy Jonah, and Alex Kappa do – some of what we saw with Lyle in Kappa at times last year, assuming Jonah's the starter at right tackle, which I know some aren't willing to say yet. I think, 
I think that's realistic to expect. And so hopefully, hopefully they're op- able to open up some creases for Joe Mixon, where if he's the starter and, and, and on the roster or whatever you want to say, which I think he will be at this stage, that, that he can get that four plus yards per carry because it's, you look at Joe Mixon's career, he's ran for a thousand plus yards in three of his six seasons. In all of those years, he's averaged 4.1 yards per or better. So hopefully he can be at that 4.1 yards per carry mark, have some explosives and chase Brown. That's where I'm really looking for explosive runs. I think he has it. I think he's a really good ball carrier. I think he can give them some explosion in the run game. So, so hopefully that's the case. So, Long story short, yes, I, I think that this offensive line is positioned to be a, a much better blocking offensive line, not just in pass protection, but certainly uh, on the ground as well. So will the Bengals run it more? I don't necessarily think that, but can they be more efficient and maximize those runs and, and have more explosive runs? I certainly hope so. It's something that we saw them get to later in the year. After they committed to the full shotgun game after they committed to the shotgun run game and all these things. They went to more of a gap style. They stopped trying to get under center and run wide zone when they realized, you know, we don't have the guys to do this at a high level. You started to see that efficiency. And the Bengals were actually really good, incidentally, in the short yardage situations last year. They got to a point where they were really good there. Um, Where I would like to see them really improve is avoiding those stuffed runs, avoiding those runs that just do nothing and trying to hit a couple more explosive runs. And and that's where you, you mentioned Chase Brown. How does he fit in? Is he ready to go? Is he ready to contribute that way right away? Probably. He, he did it a ton at Illinois. It's not like he's lacking for experience, but he's going to have to get used to NFL game speed. And, you know, I think a, a big question is, can they figure out which running back is on the field in those passing situations, which is is not really what this question is, but it is a question that we'll get to in a second here. But it's, it's hard to imagine a major step up for me in the running game. You would love to see it, right? But from an efficiency perspective, in the second half of the season, they were actually really efficient in terms of having effective running plays in terms of, you know, getting those four or five yards, which is determined to be a quote-unquote successful running play, regardless of whether it's Samaj Piran or Joe Mixon on the field. Uh, you know, in really like the last eight, 10 games of the season. So a major step is is hard to imagine. A bigger contribution, you could see a little bit. You could see a little bit of improvement there, right? Like they, they've been in the system longer. They're going to commit to the shotgun stuff. Maybe everyone with a full off season of repping that, assuming they don't have to make wholesale changes again midway through the season, like you get some benefit of having a full off season in that system. And you see little improvements there, but it, it's Despite the personnel improvements, which I agree with, and the possibility that I'm actually excited for, as, as you were talking, I, I imagined, you know, Lel Collins coming off pup list a couple, couple weeks into the season, then he's your extra tackle for, for some of those situations because you do yeah. lose power with him. Like if, if it's Jonah instead of LC at right tackle, the one like clear strength in LC's game last year that wasn't diminished at all was his play strength. He was he was knocking guys now like he, he was moving men and so getting him onto the field beside Jono is a fun possibility to think about as well but 
yeah, kind of hard, James, for me to imagine massive improvements in this area in the run game. Well, just don't average 3.9 as a team either. I mean, they were 28th yeah. in, in rushing yards and 29th in, in yards per rush. Like, can you get into the top? The top half was 4-4 four, four higher. I don't know if they're going to get there. Can they be 4-2, yeah. 4-1, where it's just mediocre? Because if so, that's the game changer because that isn't going to necessarily be their strength. So I, I agree with you if it's, you know, 0.3 yards more per carry. I think that could be a big difference and, and feel different overall uh, and, game to game. And if they can really punish teams for for trying yeah. to play so conservatively, keeping keeping safeties out of the box, like those kind of things, that can make a difference for sure. And Chase Brown does bring the speed. Hopefully he can adjust to the mm-hmm. NFL speed. But he is the, he's the fastest running back they have in that room. And speaking of another running back they have in that room, and I, I think a lot of our listeners have been curious about Chris Evans, as has Rich Taylor at RT in DC. Is the Chris Evans Captain America era over? His name is barely mentioned in any discussion of the team's backfield. What do you think, Jake? I don't know that it's over because he does have a very specific set of skills, like Liam Neeson. But in order to deploy that very specific set of skills. He has to develop another specific set of skills, which is the coaches trusting him as a pass blocker, because I think you would like to see him on the field in those situations. And that's why I think fans keep bringing him up because when you see what he can do is tantalizing, but he needs to be more consistent with it for the coaches to put him in that situation. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good way to put it because man, I'm, I'm as guilty of it as anyone. The first rookie mini camp, Chris Evans rolls in and, and it's like, oh, he's like that, huh? Like instantly I'm like, oh, he can help. But the the key, and this is from Joe Mixon on down, with no Samaj P. Ryan, who's going to be the, the team's pass blocking back? Is it Travion Williams? There's been plenty of praise his way. I know he's gained a few pounds as well, hopefully put on some good weight, looks good. Is it going to be him? Could it be Chris Evans? maybe it's a mixture of both could chase brown get in that mix i think it's it's wide open and that's the scary part that's one of the holes on this team who's going to be the pass blocking running back who's going to be that threat out of the backfield when mixon is off the field because even mm-hmm. if mixon plays a ton of snaps for him we're talking 60% like that that's the max and i don't think it'll be that high so you're talking about some roles that are up for grabs here obviously chase brown will be a factor so i i think it is interesting and chris evans he is dynamic with the ball in his hands we know he's a pretty solid route runner especially for a running back Mm -hmm. so we'll see if he can can take a step i would love to see it i would love to see all of these guys really make it tough on the coaches because i do think it's open enough even for chris evans who was inactive at times at the end of last year and certainly in the doghouse i think there is a path for him to getting back in the mix but he, he's fourth, I would say, in the pecking order as of right now. And, and that's one of the biggest questions the Bengals have to answer this preseason, is who's going to be that guy who they're going to trust in the Samaj P. Ryan role. Is he on the roster? I think that's, that's a big question. A I, question. I do. And, and that fits in with one of the questions we're going to get to here to finish up the show, James. We, we've got a question as far as realistic roster moves the Bengals might make. From yeah. here on out, and and uh, which is more likely, uh, uh, pick one out of three for an achievement that may or may not happen in 2023. We'll finish up the show with a couple more questions coming up next. 
All right, let's get to the roster move because I, I'm skipping. This isn't the order we planned on, but roster moves, signings, potential trades. That's right up my alley. Uh, JS, uh, Jace move at Houday for life with a three at the end. What realistic roster move can be done to help the Bengals contend for a Super Bowl? It can be either a free agent, a potential cap casualty, I'm going to throw in trade, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's anything groundbreaking here. We've we've talked about this a few times, but it it bears talking about again. When you look at, you know, think back to the first question we talked about where where depth was part of the equation for this team, right? And and where do you feel like they, they could improve their depth? There's two spots that really stand out to me. One of them, tight end. The other one, some sort of pass rushing interior defensive lineman. Unless... You know, we, we haven't seen these guys with pads on yet. Maybe Zach Carter, he's out of weight reportedly. Maybe, maybe he takes a big step as a three-tech, right? Maybe the the NASCAR package where you, you've got Miles Murphy, Joseph Osai, Trey Hendrickson, and Sam Hubbard on the field together. Maybe that kind of supplants the need for the three-tech. But I do think that, you know, I like BJ Hill, love, B, love DJ Reader, that they could use another piece there. And then at tight end... We've talked a lot about the depth behind Irv Smith, like Irv Smith as a receiver for sure. Different skill set than they've had. One of the more dynamic skill sets that they've had as a receiver at that position, but it's kind of the same as last year where you look at the depth in that room and you're thinking, man, could they could they swing a trade here? And mm-hmm. and that's one where if they could add a guy, like an, an actual bona fide, not to take anything away from Drew Sample, he's got to get back from that injury and play well, Guy that, that has some skins on the wall at tight end, some some dynamism at tight end, you feel a little bit better about the depth there. But but those are the kinds of moves I'm thinking about, James. Are you swinging for the fences a little bit more, or are you in the same ballpark? Well, in a perfect world, DeAndre Hopkins would call Joe Burrow and say, I'll play for one million bucks. Yeah. Let's roll. Like that, it's the cheat code, right? Like that's that's it. Dalvin Cook says, I'll I'll play for a million dollars too. Right. Let's roll. Let's bring a, a Lombardi to Cincinnati. That's not going to happen. That's unrealistic. I agree. I think offensively, the tight end room is kind of shallow and, and you know what you're getting. But they don't, they're not banking on that a ton. I think of the two, what's more important, a, a capable third down back that you know and can trust in pass blocking assignments would be more important than boosting the tight end room to me because I, I know it's going to be a committee. You just want to push your sneak agenda, don't We've you? Seen- no, not, not necessarily. I, I also think this. I think that there are better running backs, as weird as it sounds. There's more quality running backs, not that there's a ton, versus quality free agent tight ends. Now, if you can oh, swing yeah. a trade for a tight end for a young guy that maybe is in a contract year or is on the bubble, heck, the Jets have so many. I wonder yeah. what the heck is going to happen there, for example. So we'll see. We're totally open to that. But, but those are two areas. Zach Carter said he put on some weight. It sounds like good weight. We'll see, but that would be great if he could take a step. Adding a three tech, I'm still shocked. Even in the moment when they traded Billy Price for BJ Hill, it was like, are you kidding? And they got a pick. It was just yeah. insane that they were able to pull that off. So you never want to rule that out. I just don't know if Lightning can strike twice that recent because that's a, such a steal of a trade. Uh, but overall, there there aren't many holes, and it's just it's little pieces like that. So if I had to say something third down 
pass blocking back that they for sure trust. Maybe that guy is on the roster, but that is still a, a question mark for me that I, I would hope to to answer because shocker, I expect this offense to honestly probably lead the NFL in scoring. Like like my expectations are pretty darn high, and we're about to have the offensive coordinator on on our next show. Uh, my expectations are really high for this offense because I just think Burrow should be at another level this year. The offensive line should be the best he's had. Chase is entering what will likely be his prime. I don't think we've seen his prime yet. Same with T. Higgins. And so that's uh, that's a heck of a position to be in. Those guys are still so young at that wide receiver position. Like They have many, many prime years ahead of them. But that's probably – they're probably entering like 24 to 29 – for Chase, it might be a little, you know, 23 to 27, 28. And, and maybe the prime is longer than that, but that's probably where it would hit. And, and so that's why if you can keep them together for the next five, six years, that would be awesome. You, you taking CJ Uzama back? What's the – of course, the, the player. What, what's the deal? What's it cost? He already restructured to stay there. I don't think he gets oh, did he? cut. Mm. Yeah, he restructured before the, the Rodgers deal, I think. Mm. Being a team guy, he he's boys with Rogers. They went to an award show oh, together. Wow. I I yeah. I, I uh, we'll see. Actually, I did see that. Yeah. I yeah. I'm not shocked that uh, that Uzama he can get along with everybody. Yeah. Like anybody. So I'm not shocked at all that he's all right. he's been able to get along with with Rogers. But yeah, of that, course I would. That definitely different Jets tight end because CJ Uzama and Aaron Rodgers are now boys. It feels like they are. Maybe it's just the front, but I doubt it, right? Uzama's easy to get along with. I, f- I feel like he, like I said, he could he could go from Aaron Rodgers. I bet he, he got along with Zach Wilson. It's the exact opposite of Aaron Rodgers. Let's Young get one more question. Versus old yeah. and super accomplished. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's get That's one more question in here. Yeah. Kentucky Nepenthes. Which of these three is more likely? Joe Mixon hits 1,200 rushing yards. Jamar Chase hits 1,600 yards receiving, or T, Higgins, hits 1,200 yards receiving. Oh, this is good. And the answer is Jamar, T, Joe, in that order. Passing team, not, I'm not taking any Joe Mixon overs rushing yards-wise, and it, it has that much, as much to do with they're going to throw it a lot as anything. T has has never topped 1,100 yards. Part of that is, and he would have last year, but but they had the the one less game, so it, it is making a jump there. But I just I think Jamar and going back to what you said at the the start of the show, that vertical game is going to work. Jamar Chase is not going to catch all of his passes within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage again, and that's really how it felt last year. Like it just they did not get that going. I think they're going to be able to find ways to get that going. I think Joe and Jamar both have monster, monster years. And maybe I feel differently in a month or two, but today would not be shocked at all if he tapped that 1,600-yard mark. So that would be the one I would I would bet on first. T second, Mixon third. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I like T. T. T should be able to hit 1,200 if he's healthy this year because he, he's been real close. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah. I think 110 yards, 120 yards off. Yeah, it's not yeah. far. A couple of years now. Jamar, what's interesting about Jamar is last year it was because of volume, but like the yards per game, despite the vertical stuff disappearing, actually went up for Jamar Chase in 2022. Because his catches and targets 
Like right. he wasn't getting it was, it was a, much as a It was rookie. a volume yeah. thing for sure. But but then you combine those things and maybe the offensive line buys you a little bit more time to hit a play action post to Jamar Chase a couple more times in a year. And play that adds, action. Oh, that adds man. 240 yards. I haven't to, seen that. I haven't seen that since Ch- uh, Carson to Chad. That, that was well, their bread and butter. little play Joe, action. Joe's hit a couple. I I know it was like a staple of that. All it's a different time, different NFL. It was almost sure. twenty years ago. God, um, the year old. Y- 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 okay, I get it. You're not wrong, uh, but but you add that like two hundred or so yards plus the extra volume, and then and then there's your path. Because I mean, fourteen fifty five in sixteen and a half games because he stopped playing in in week eighteen with Brandon Allen. Yeah, he he can get there, and if he's healthy, I think he'll get there. Regardless, I would, I would of, probably of take the over the offense. Like I, I would guess eighteen hundred, two thousand is a bit bullish. I I think eighteen hundred, like by far the best receiving season for a Bengal ever. Well, and you know that he wants to. He's competing with Justin Jefferson. Like you know, he's like I need to. I need to keep having better seasons and. And he has the better quarterback, right. which I, you better believe Justin tells him behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, Come on. You, just, you think Justin's like, nah, man, I got my boy Kirk. I mean, maybe they just don't talk about it. Well, there's a reason you don't talk about it. Yeah. Justin Jefferson, like, man, I wish I wish Joe was throwing. No, man. You can't, you can't live yeah, with that does. mentality. Yeah, he does. I bet you, he does. I bet Justin bury Jefferson. That- if you're Justin Jefferson, you have to bury that so deep down inside because you have to be a competitor with your team, with your quarterback, man. You can't let yourself live in that mind space. Here and there. Here and there you can. But sure, I agree with you. I get what you're saying. Like on game day, you can't be thinking about it. No. But I when mean, you're watching Jamar chase Gritty with his fifth touchdown on Monday Night Football. But you still have better numbers than Jamar in your career if you're Justin Jefferson. Not as a rookie. Last year, Jamar got hurt. Yeah, not as a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, love love uh, Jamar Chase. Looking forward to when he and if Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson wants to take if Justin Jefferson just team. wants to take league minimum, he can. Come on, super teams. Let's do super teams. Bring it to the NFL. I'm, I'm trying. I'm honestly, I'm trying. Very surprised we haven't seen a bigger super team kind of push in the NFL with younger veterans, like second contract kind of players. But I guess. There are reasons for that. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hope you enjoyed some of the questions we talked about today. Make sure you're back on Sunday, Monday, whenever you listen to your podcast. We're going to be dropping it later on Sunday or if it's for your drive-in on Monday. We've got a two-parter coming up with Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan that you never want to miss. Brian Callahan, one of the best interviews in football, in sports. Give some details. really great insight, really great detailed insight on the 2023 Cincinnati Bengals. So until next time, who day and have a good one.